Welcome to the Condo Vultures Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Zaluski. This is the Condo Market Analysis. Um, every Monday, I do a deep dive statistically into a different market that's located in the uh, Tri-County, South Florida area. So for this particular podcast, episode number 94, by the way, we're going to be focusing on the neighborhood of Coconut Grove within the city of Miami. City of Miami's Coconut Grove neighborhood. It's a coastal area that's located just south of uh, downtown Miami. Uh, really kind of known for having uh, um, a, a boating community. And it's an interesting bohemian uh, type of uh, place with lots of foliage and lots of trees. So before we go ahead and we get into our condo market analysis, which, by the way, I'm going to focus on condos. I'll focus on luxury condos. I'm going to focus on distressed condos as well as the rental market in Coconut Grove. Let me just give you a couple tidbits. Uh, first tidbit is for this particular area, if you want to see any of the reports, charts, as well as written word associated with this podcast, I'd encourage you to go to condovulturesrealty.com. That's condovulturesrealty.com. Scroll down uh, to the bottom, uh, I don't know, third of the page. There you're going to see a whole series of reports. If you click on the one that you like, you're going to see some charts and you'll also see some written words that associate with that. The other point I want to point out to you is all the statistics. It's going to come from the Southeast Florida MLS matrix, Southeast Florida MLS matrix, effectively a database that realtors use to go ahead and uh, list properties as well as search for properties that uh, they might present to their customer, whether it be a buyer or a, um, a tenant. So that's the source uh, Southeast Florida MLS uh, matrix. And then in terms of um, seeing the reports, go to condovulturesrealty.com. Before we get started, let me remind you that um, if you're not yet a subscriber to the Condo Vultures podcast, please go ahead and do so wherever you're listening to your podcast. And if you like what we're doing, uh, leave us a rating as well as uh, a comment or two. Uh, the more ratings and comments we get, uh, the more likely we are to spread our message and which and help us to accomplish our goal, which is trying to bring straight talk to an over-hyped uh, South Florida real estate market. And then finally, if you have a comment for me or for anyone who's involved with the podcast, please go ahead and send an email to inquiry at condovultures.com, I-M-Q-U-I-R-Y at condovultures.com. All of the emails we receive, we uh, discuss, we read on the air and discuss them during our Wednesday roundtables, which are reported roundtables when we bring together current and former journalists, talk about some of the biggest headlines that have occurred. So all that being said, go ahead, fasten that seatbelt, lean back and get ready to learn all about the uh, condo market in the Coconut Grove neighborhood. This is Peter. Peter Zalewski of the Condo Vultures podcast. Back in 1995, I got my real estate license, but I didn't practice for a number of years simply because I was writing about real estate as a journalist. 2006, I broke out and I launched a company called Condo Vultures. The idea was to try to use information, uh, data, and know-how to try to get the best deals on behalf of buyers. So if you are a buyer and you're looking for a deal, you're looking to try to understand the condo market in the Tri-County, South Florida area, myself or my team are here to help you to get a hold of us please call us at 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859, or visit our website, condovulturesrealty.com. If you're enjoying the Condo Vultures podcast and you want more information, but this information in the written word as well as charts, why not sign up for the Southward Distressed Market Intelligence Report? To do so, go to condovulturesrealty.com. Slightly below the main banner and logo, you will see a sign-up box. It's called the South Florida Distress Market Intelligence Report. Sign up. Simply enter your email address, hit subscribe, and lo and behold, every week you'll be sent a newsletter giving you the latest updates on what's going on in the distress market in South Florida. 
Welcome back to the Condo Vultures Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski. We're going to talk now about the condo market in Coconut Grove. Again, Coconut Grove is a neighborhood that's located just south of downtown Miami. Originally, Coconut Grove was its own community. City of Miami was its own community, and the, the two merged. City of Miami, if you're uh, not aware, was incorporated in 1896. 1896 it was incorporated. The Grove is to the south. Uh, people know it for a couple of reasons. One of the things that's there is Dinner Key Marina. I've been told by sailors the reason it's called Dinner Key Marina is that if you left uh, Key Largo, which is the first island uh, in the Florida Keys in, in the morning, you'd arrive in Coconut Grove about uh, dinner time, hence the name Dinner Key Marina. Uh, dinner Key Marina also was known too for um, the fact that Pan Am, when it used to do the um, uh, the water planes, if you will, planes that landed on the um, uh, on the water, uh, that's actually where their terminal was. So the terminal was there as well as during World War II, U.S. Navy, uh, I guess, operated a whole series of um, uh, engagements, if you will, out of Coconut Grove area. So it's a real interesting area. Also an area uh, was uh, tied to a bunch of musicians in the 60s when the whole movement was going on in the 60s. Woodstock, um, uh, those people went out to California. Uh, a gentleman from Crosby, Stills, Nash, uh, actually spent quite a bit of time in Coconut Grove. So it's a cool little bohemian type of area. Um, it's got a lot of um, old houses. It's got a lot of trees. And uh, it's got some condos, but not a large amount of condos. Although in increasingly in recent uh, years, developers have tried to go in there and build some condos. They tend to be larger units that really sort of capture and provide a, uh, a high-tech type of high-quality lifestyle. For someone who wants to live in the Grove, Coconut Grove, but they don't necessarily want to deal with uh, all the responsibilities that come with owning a single-family house. And what is that? Well, it has to do with landscaping, it has to do with shutters if there's a hurricane, and then just all the day-to-day -day versus a condo. Pull your car in, you park, and lo and behold, you go up to your unit and you sit in your balcony if you want the fresh air or if you want to walk around, you're kind of right in the heart of it. So that's the push-pull, if you will, of the Grove. Now, let's get into the numbers. Currently in Coconut Grove, uh, you've got about 34 condos that are for sale uh, right now. 34 condos in the first nine months of the year and this report is based on january through september in terms of closed sales like granted we're in 2021 we're going to be getting to the uh 2000 uh, the final year numbers we'll be getting that probably in about another week or two so um based on first three quarters of 2020 you had 25 sales of condos in uh, coconut grove 25 sales if you take that 25 units uh those 25 units that traded you divided by um the nine months in which uh which is our time period, come up with about 2.8 uh, um, uh, sales per month, 2.8 uh, sales per month, divided 2.8 uh, units of, uh, that are sold each month, divided in 34 that are for sale. We got 12 months of supply, 12 months of supply. Um, generally speaking, a uh, condominium market, six months is gonna be equilibrium. Anything less than six months is a seller's market, uh, simply because there's nothing to choose from. Anything more than six months is a buyer's market. So even though the Coconut Grove marketplace in terms of the number of units for sale and the velocity is not big, you can see that this is a uh, buyer's market. It's a market that moves very slowly. So those people going in looking to buy condos in Coconut Grove, uh, you know, they realize it's a long, drawn-out process. It's not the quick hit type of stuff you see maybe on Miami Beach, Sunny Isles, and or downtown Miami. Now, those units that are for sale in Coconut Grove, um, what's the average asking price? Uh, sellers want about $2.6 million a door. $2.6 million per unit or per door. First nine months of the year, how much do the units trade for? Just under 1.4 million, just under 1.4 million. So they're asking two six, but they're only getting 1.4. What does that mean? That means there's about an 88% difference between what the seller wants and what the buyers are actually paying. And you can read into that that 
there's a big difference between the two. Generally speaking, uh, what what I've seen in the course of uh, you know tracking condo stats for decades down here, uh, when there's about a 20% spread between the asking price and the average transaction price in a market or in a building, you typically get a deal done. Um, when it's more than 20%, uh, things probably going to languish on the market. Now, when it's less than 20%, if there's 8 to 12% difference typically between the asking price and the average transaction price, then you typically get a deal done. So 20% gets interesting, 8 to 12% you're actually going to get a deal done. Now, as important as condo prices per unit, um, I would tell you to disregard it. Don't even pay attention to it. Why? Because I like to equate it to oil. Uh, a lot of, not a lot of people really kind of know what oil goes for by the barrel, but they do probably, or they probably are aware how much is a gasoline, gallon of gasoline going for. And why is that? It's because it's a commodity. So when you pull up to an intersection uh, in your car and you have four gas stations at that intersection, chances are, unless you have some sort of commitment to a particular brand, chances are you're going to get the cheapest gas. I will tell you, when you're looking at a condominium, because condominiums are for the most part the same within a building, uh, you can simply factor in uh, uh, pricing. You can in increase or decrease based on the location, based on the, f on the floor, based on the interior. But generally speaking, it's all about the same solid foundation. So um, when you look at a condo, think of it about a commodity, just like you think about gasoline. So price per door doesn't necessarily reflect what's going on. What needs, what you need to focus on is price per square foot. Then you can really get a market, to, an apples to, uh, apples type of comparison of what's going on in the market. So on a price per square foot basis, what's going on in, the, in um, uh, Coconut Grove? About eight seventy-five a foot is the average asking price. Eight seventy-five a foot. The units that traded in the first nine months of the year, what they trade for? Five hundred seventy-two dollars a foot. Five seventy-two a foot. So we got about a fifty-three percent difference. And again, twenty percent difference is when it gets interesting, 8 to 12% the deal gets done. So you can see that the sellers who are on the market in Coconut Grove, uh, they're still very high, both on a price per door basis, which is 88% difference, and a price per foot basis, which is about a 53% difference. And then finally, days on market. Days on market is a good way to sort of see where a market is um, and, and you know, how slow it is or how how vibrant it is. And for Coconut Grove, uh, those condos that are for sale, they've been on the, on the market an average of 257 days, 257 days. Typically, a listing arrangement with a broker is going to be about six months, about 180 days. So these things have probably gone through at least one listing. Maybe they got renewed or maybe a different broker is taking it on. Uh, but those ones that are on the market for 257 days, that's a long time versus the units that trade. They trade in 181 days. So you can see if it's properly priced, it's going to trade. And if it's not appropriately priced, it's probably going to languish on the market. So that is a Coconut Grove condo market. We're going to go ahead and take a short commercial break. The other side of the break, we're going to get into the luxury condo market of Coconut Grove. This is Peter Zaliski of the Condo Vultures podcast. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And I wanted to alert you that if you have a property that you're looking to sell in the Tri-County, South Florida area, I would encourage you to reach out to Jenny Hortus, a licensed real estate broker with CVRRealty.com. She's my partner. She's been in the business for uh, north of 15 years. More importantly, she knows the market. She knows how to get a deal done. And she also realizes that it's more important to get a price that you can accept and sell the property rather than to hold firm on some price that's never going to be achieved and ultimately languish on the market. So if you're looking to do, do a deal that you want a skilled expert who can help you sell a property, reach out to Jenny Hortis at 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859, or visit her website, cvrrealty.com. Welcome back to the Kind of Voltage Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski. We're talking about the Coconut Grove neighborhood of Miami and what's going on in the condo market. Uh, we talked about condos. Now I want to talk about luxury condos in Coconut Grove. Before I do, let me just give you a little tidbit of history about the Coconut Grove or the Grove. 
Uh, this is coming from Wikipedia, and I'm going to read it uh, directly into um, the microphone. Several waves of immigration established Coconut Grove. The first in 1825 when the Cape Florida Lighthouse went into operation was named for John Du Bois. Dr. Horace uh, Porter is credited with coming up with the name when in 1873 he rented a home from Edmund Beasley's widow who homesteaded 160 acres of Bayfront property. He lived there for only one year, but during that time he established a post office which he named Coconut Grove. And there you go. So that is the history and the name of Coconut Grove. One little other tidbit um, from Wikipedia. Around the same time, the area saw an influx of Americans from the northeastern United States, as well as British and white Bahamian immigrants. The first hotel on South Florida uh, mainland was located in Coconut Grove called the Bayview Inn, later known as the Peacock Inn. It was built in 1882 on the site of the present-day Peacock Park by English immigrants uh, Isabella and Charles Peacock, who had been the owner of a wholesale meat business in London. So, interesting tidbit. Um, Peacock Park, for what it's worth, um, I played softball there for a number of years. I'm on a co-ed team. It's a, you know, uh, outside of the pandemic, Coconut Grove is a great uh, place where people kind of get together. It really is a neighborhood. Uh, it's kind of got that one of those village feels. So if you haven't been to Coconut Grove, I'd encourage you to go ahead and, and check it out because uh, chances are you're going to enjoy it. So, condos, luxury condos, Coconut Grove. Uh, what's going on in the marketplace? Well, first and foremost, let me tell you uh, what luxury is. Uh, anyone you talk to in South Florida who's in real estate, they're going to tell you whatever they have is luxurious. And I would say bullshit. Uh, it's probably not all luxurious. Uh, everybody has a different taste, different opinion, different preferences. So what do we do in order to differentiate a regular condo from a luxury condo? We say it has a listing price of at least a million bucks. So if there's seven figures, um, it's luxury. If there's six figures, it's not luxury. So a condo that's listed for $999,999 is not luxurious. But that one that's listed for a million dollars would be. So that's how we're differentiating it. Uh, are we right? doesn't matter. Uh, no one's right, no one's wrong about luxury when you're talking about condominiums in South Florida. So um, uh, that being said, let's talk about those condos that are luxurious, i.e. listed for a million dollars or more. So currently you got 23 condos in the Coconut Grove market that are listed for a million dollars or more, 23. In the first nine months of the year, January through September of 2020, 13 units traded, 13 units traded. So what does that mean? Those 13 units that traded within a nine month period, it means about 1.4 units are trading per month. So not exactly a, a, a very active marketplace. So you take those 1.4 units that trade per month, you divide it into 23 that are for sale, you come up with about 16 months of supply. 16 months of supply. Again, six months is typically seen uh, viewed as equilibrium. Less than six months would be a seller's market because uh, nothing to choose from. More than six months would be a buyer's market. Now, when we get into luxury, you're going to have some brokers who are going to tell you, well, you know, people who are buying uh, luxury, they got more money than God, and that's always what they say. Uh, they don't necessarily need to sell, so therefore, uh, they can be more patient. So these luxury brokers will typically tell you that um, in order to uh, sell a luxury unit, you're going to need at least 12 months, maybe even 18 months. So they always push back. They say six months is not an equilibrium. They say it's 12 months, or they say it's 18 months. So... If you give them the benefit of the doubt and you say it's 12 months, that means coconut growth supply of 15.9 um, months of supply means it's the buyer's market. However, if you were giving the listing broker the 18-month period, and think about that, that's a long-ass time, have your place on the market. Um, if you're giving them 18 months, that means that uh, Coconut Grove luxury market is actually a seller's market at 15.9 months. So take it for uh, for what it is, but uh, those are the numbers. Now, those luxury units that are uh, on the market, what's the average asking price? 
$3.6 million. $3.6 million. First nine months of the year, the luxury condos that traded, what they trade for? $2.2 million. $2.2 million. So we got about a 63% spread. 3.6 is the average ask. 2.2 is the average transaction price in Coconut Grove. And as mentioned, uh, typically when the difference is about 20% apart, you tend to get some activity and uh, deal tends to get done at 8 to 12%. And for this market, we're looking at 63% difference on the price per door basis. Now on the price per foot basis, which again is my preferred way to uh, view condos, average asking price is $1,095 a foot. $1,095 a foot. Units that trade in the first nine months of the year, they traded for $736 a foot. $736, about a 49% spread. Again, 20% difference gets interesting. 8 to 12% deal gets done. And then finally, days on the market. The condos that are on the market today that are luxury in Coconut Grove, they've been there an average of 291 days. 291 days. Man, I would hate to have that listing or I'd hate to be the seller stuck with a unit you can't get rid of. Um, the units that did trade, how long did it take them? 212 days. 212 days. So if you are in the market for a unit in, uh, uh, for a condo in Coconut Grove, I would tell you it's going to be a long, drawn-out process. Part of it has to do with uh, a lot of people are probably well off and they're not necessarily willing to sell. Uh, unless they're forced to, and that doesn't necessarily seem to be the case at this moment in time. So that is the luxury condo market in Coconut Grove. We'll take a commercial break, and then we're going to get into the stress market of Coconut Grove. This is Peter Zaluski of the Condo Vultures podcast. Before I started doing these podcasts, I basically was in the business of being a licensed real estate broker, a contributing um, columnist for the Miami Herald, as well as the Miami Real Deal, but also expert witness work in consulting. So if you are looking for an expert witness or if you're looking for consulting services, a straight talk perspective as to what's going on in a particular marketplace, a building, or what happened previously for whatever your situation is, whether you are a, an attorney, whether you are an institutional fund looking to invest, or whether you're a lender who's trying to come up with some sort of a strategy and approach uh, for your lending committee going forward, I just might be able to help you to get a hold of me. Please uh, reach out to Peter at condovultures.com. That's Peter at condovultures.com. Or give me a call to the office at 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859. Welcome back to the Condo Vultures podcast. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski. We're having a conversation about the Coconut Grove condo market. First segment, we talked about the condo. Second segment, we talked about what's going on in the luxury condo market. Third segment, we're going to talk about the distress market, which is short sales as well as um, REOs or bank-owned or real estate-owned properties. Before I do, let me give you another little tidbit about the history of Coconut Grove. Again, uh, one of the first communities set up down in the Miami area, uh, full-time basis. So um, uh, part of the stats or part of the uh, information I'm going to read is coming from Wikipedia, not part of it, all of it. Uh, Coconut Grove's first black settlement in the 1880s was established by Bahamian laborers who worked at the Peacock Inn. Remember, that was the first hotel that actually existed. It was set up by a couple um, out of London uh, with the last name or the surname Peacock. Today, there's a park there called Peacock Park. I used to play softball there. A lot of people play softball. They also play soccer. It's right there on the bay. It's a beautiful little park. So uh, um, going on in the Wikipedia description, it says the Barnacle Historic State Park is the oldest house in Miami-Dade County and still stands at its original location in Coconut Grove. It was built in 1891. It was home to Ralph Middleton Monroe, also known as the Commodore for being the first Commodore and founder of Biscayne Bay Yacht Club, an American yacht designer and an early resident of Coconut Grove. Formerly an independent uh, city, Coconut Grove was annexed by the city of Miami in 1925. Remember, um, the city of Miami was created in 1896 
in some uh, 29 years later they went ahead and they expanded they included coconut grove and they also picked up a neighborhood to the north called silver bluff silver bluff um let me see what else might be of interest as i read through this um this uh, wikipedia description and um, here's some interesting things i'll tell you what i'll pick up that in the next segment about coconut grove so let's get to the stress market so the stress market uh generally speaking is broken up into two different categories one is called short sales and the other one is called real estate owned reo it's also referred to as bank owned in kind of what is it well short sale is when someone buys a property they take out a mortgage and um, they attempt to sell the property for a price that does not cover what the mortgage amount is so they actually come up short of repaying the bank what the bank is owed so that is called a short sale typically in order to do a short sale a seller will try to bring in a buyer uh, once the seller and the buyer agree to a price they'll go to the bank They'll try to convince the bank to go ahead and accept the offer and get the deal done. Now, why would a bank accept an offer for less than what they're owed? Well, the flip side is, is that the um, seller, the one who has the loan with the bank, chances are they're not going to pay for nine months to a year. Chances are they're going to get foreclosed. Chances are there's going to be litigation involved. And potentially, depending on who that uh, borrower is, they might just go ahead and go off on the place and destroy it and damage it and rip stuff out which during the Great Recession um, and the South Florida condo crash happened quite a bit. So that is the short sale component. Now, if a bank does not agree to do a short sale or if an individual um, who's a borrower decides that they don't, they don't even want to try to short sell, they're just going to stop paying and the bank takes title to it, that would be a foreclosure. Now, when the bank forecloses on a property, again, it takes 9 to 12 months, uh, generally speaking, and the bank will then take title to the property and that will be deemed a real estate owned uh, under the classifications for the bank, REO bank owned, real estate owned, all one and the same. So what do we got going on in the distressed market? We're looking at the short sale market in Coconut Grove. Oh, wow. We got nothing. So there are no units for sale where people are trying to sell for less or have sold for less than what was actually owed. I guess that's a good um, uh, sign for the Coconut Grove market that, uh, you know, it's pretty strong. Now on the bank owned side, what do we got here? Oh, it looks like we have nothing either. So, um, that's going to be a very quick segment. Again, uh, short sale is when somebody borrows money. They um, uh, turns out they need to sell the property or want to sell the property for a price that's less than what they owed, and they agree with the seller and they try to get a bank to agree to accept the price for it's less. And ultimately, if a property is foreclosed upon, it becomes an REO or real estate owned or bank owned. Um, neither situation applies to Gogana Grove because Gogana Grove seems to be uh, just fine. So we're going to go ahead. We'll take a commercial break. Then we're going to get into the rental market the rental market of coconut growth. If you're listening to this podcast, think about who else is. Do you want to reach that crowd, which tends to be investors, buyers, developers, lenders? Why not advertise on the Common Cultures podcast? To do so, give us a call at the office, 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859, or send an email to inquiry at condovultures.com. I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at condovultures.com. Welcome back to the Condo Vultures podcast. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski. We talked about the condo market. We talked about the luxury condo market. We talked about the fact there's no distressed market in Coconut Grove. Now we're going to talk about the rental market. Some of you might say, I'm not going to uh, buy a condo and rent it. Well, you never know. Things change, and when things change, you might want to know how much 
can you get for a place if you do in fact want to rent it out? So I want to talk to you about the rental market in Coconut Grove. Before I do, let me give you a little bit more of the trivia about the Coconut Grove neighborhood, which again is a neighborhood located just south of Greater Downtown Miami. It's known for having a lot of trees and kind of a bohemian type of um, uh, feel to it. So this is coming from Wikipedia. We'll give you some um, uh, popular culture references to Coconut Grove. Uh, point number one, and this is simply the order of um, the Wikipedia, uh, All About the Benjamins. It was a movie. It was filmed in Coconut Grove. All About the Benjamins came out in 2002 and it uh, included Ice Cube. Uh, another movie, Where the Pavement Ends, was filmed in Coconut Grove in 1923. 1923, which is two years before it actually, uh, City of Coconut Grove went ahead and joined uh, City of Miami. Uh, so that was a movie. Pioneer folk rock musician Fred Neal resided in and wrote songs about Coconut Grove, notably um, on the song Bleaker and McDougal. Hmm. Never heard about that, but maybe I need to check it out. There's a song called Coconut Grove. It's written by an artist called John Sebastian, recorded by The Love and Spoonful, 1967. It was later covered by David Lee Roth and Paul Weller, the Smith guitarist. Johnny Marr expressed a, a fondness for the song. Uh, the movie Scarface, Manny. He lives in an upscale neighborhood of Coconut Grove. So if you watch the movie Scarface. TV series Dexter is based on a book uh, by Jeff Lindsay. Dexter Morgan lives in Coconut Grove in Miami. Uh, scrolling down, scrolling down. Movie Bad Boys, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith follow a suspect through the Grove. Dave Barry's novel, Big Trouble, main setting is Coconut Grove. So you can see um, Coconut Grove has got quite a shtick, including um, it was the setting for the movie Meet the Fockers. Meet the Fockers, if you remember that. Uh, anything else? Oh, and also, too, in the first episode of The Golden Girls. So any of you have seen that um that uh, rerun series that runs uh, late at night or on some of the different networks. The engagement at the end of the episode, Rose asked Dorothy and Blanche if they'd like to go to Coconut Grove for lunch to celebrate their friendship. So Coconut Grove has a long history in um, uh, popular culture as well as in Miami. Now, let's talk about the rental market in Coconut Grove. Now, as mentioned, um, uh, if you buy a condo, you probably don't think about renting it out, but who knows, maybe you will. And if you do decide to rent it out, um, you know, what's the market like uh, for rentals? Now, let me point out a couple things about the rental market just to keep it uh, straight with you. All the data that I refer to thus far, it's all been based on averages, average, average, average. When you get to rental data, you need to know that rental data is real sketchy. It's not really accurate. And why is that? Well, typically because people playing the rental game are either rookies or they're... Um, uh, well-established individuals who don't really want to play the game. And um, if you don't know, the rental market uh, uh, data uh, primarily comes from the multiple listing service. And the multiple listing service is a database used by realtors. So people go ahead, they enter in the information. Most of the time they get it correct, but they don't always get it correct. And when they're entering in the information, they might have different motivations, uh, uh, objectives, and other things to keep in mind. So I would tell you just sort of keep in mind, rental data can be very sketchy and unlike a transaction, there's actually a government document that's recorded because the tax is paid. Nothing is recorded for rental. So basically, it's, it effectively could be hearsay based on what a realtor is entering it into the uh, multiple listing service. And you're going to want to use median numbers. You're not going to want to use averages. And why do you use median? Use median because when someone or uh, a landlord puts a place up for rent, they can list it by the day, by the week, by the month, by the year. Um, so if you're going to, and they can be furnished or unfurnished. So if you're going to try to uh, carve out all the information and go apples to apples and compare to the same type of stuff, it's going to take you forever. And the pool that you're actually working with is going to be so small that it probably isn't going to give you great perspective. So what I would tell you to do is if you're looking at rental data, 
Look at median and do not look at average because median will give you the number right in the middle. And then finally, when it comes to the rental side, um, uh, our rental data is going to focus on apartments, condos, efficiencies, multifamily, and townhouses. And you say, Peter, what the hell are you telling me about apartments, condos, efficiency, multifamily, and townhouses for? Well, the reason is, is that a renter was looking to pay a price versus a, a buyer or an owner. They want to live in a place that has the things they need. So again, renter will, will adjust based on, uh, to what they have based on the price versus somebody buying will probably adjust to location because there's certain things they're going to need if they're actually going to purchase it. So something, something to keep in mind. Now, that being said, let's talk about the rental market. Currently in Coconut Grove, you got 26 places available for rent, 26 places available for rent. Doesn't sound like a lot. Well, one of the things to keep in mind is in Coconut Grove, you have a lot of corporate owners. And what is it about a corporate owner? Many corporate owners don't go ahead and list the property in the multiple listing service. And why is that? Well, in order to put a property in the multiple listing service, which again is the data, uh, the database for realtors, a commission has to be offered. So generally speaking, on a rental, the commission um, uh, that the industry tries to achieve is about 10%, but everything's negotiable. 10% is, let's just say it's a rule of thumb. That's what people are, are striving for. So that 10% would mean a place that rents for $1,000 a month is going to generate about twelve grand a year. 10% of that would be the commission. So $1,200 of that twelve grand, $1,200 would be a commission. 600 bucks under this scenario would go to the landlord's uh, broker. And 600 bucks would go to the broker for the tenant. Now, if you are a corporate owner and you own 10, 20, 100, 300 units, do you really want to go ahead and pay 10% of the rent on each of your units every year? Or would you rather take that money, hire somebody in-house, and sort of streamline it all? Chances are you're going to keep it all in-house. So the reason I bring that up is if you are uh, looking at the rental data in Coconut Grove, it's important to realize you've got a lot of corporate owners. They might not necessarily be the big projects we see in suburbia or in downtown Miami, where there's three or 400 units, but a lot of the properties in Coconut Grove, they're you know, maybe the 30 units, 40 units, 20 units, tends to be one owner and that one owner probably um, more often than not is not using a realtor uh, therefore it's not going to be in the MLS so all of that supply by the way that's known as shadow inventory because it's not listed um, uh, properties that are listed are known as uh, listed and then properties that aren't listed are typically shadow inventory so 26 listings for rentals in Coconut Grove market of Miami first nine months of the year 76 rented 76 rented if I do some rough math I say 76 units rented in nine months that's an average of about 8.4 units renting per month 8.4 I divide that 8.4 into the 26 that are available I come up with three months of supply so sounds like a good market um, but we don't know if it is or isn't. I mean, it should be based on the data because uh, three months of supply means it's a, it's a landlord's market. Remember, six months is equilibrium. More than six months is a uh, renter's market. Less than six months is a landlord market. Problem is corporate. You don't know how much is owned by corporate. You don't know what the corporations are doing. Um, how do you differentiate a corporate from, like, like say, something that's listed in the MLS? Typically, the easiest way to do it is to look at the building and look at the signs in the front. If there's a sign that says move-in special or, um, you know, uh, why are you stuck in traffic? You could be living here. You could be already be home living here. That tends to be a corporate owner versus if you see a, a whole series of small little um, four rent signs in front from different brokerages, that's typically um, uh, a situation where it's not a corporate owner. So just a quick way to do it. Now, um, on the pricing, and again, I told you, use median, don't use average. Median asking price for a place in Coconut Grove, $28.75 a month. $28.75 a month. Units that rented, what they rent for? Ooh, wow. 27.75, 27.75. It's only a 3.6% spread. 
Wow, that's very interesting. So the place are being priced in order to rent. And I will say that's a very rich rent, $27.75 a month. Um, on the price per foot basis, again, this is what I prefer. This is what I suggest you you pay attention to rather than the price per month. Uh, $331 a foot is what the ask is, $331 a foot. Now keep in mind, um, some of these places are probably houses and uh, uh, there's probably a big price uh, per month to rent a house, especially at this time of the year, which is the winter. A lot of people from up north and elsewhere, they all come here. Although it's a pandemic, but you still have a variety of people, you know, coming down to South Florida. They figure if they're going to be on their uh, lockdown, they might as well be in a warm climate. So um, the asking price on median basis in Coconut Grove, three thirty-one a foot. Uh, places that rented in the first nine months of the year, what they rent for in Coconut Grove? Excuse me, the first nine months of two thousand twenty. What do they rent for? Two forty-five a foot. Two forty-five a foot. So here we see about a thirty-five percent spread between the ask and what the places are rented for. And then finally, days on market. Um, Properties that are on the market today for rent in Coconut Grove, they've been there 78 days, which is quite a long time, 78 days. Uh, you're talking three months vacant, uh, if you will. Now, the ones that rented, they rented in 42 days, 42 days. So again, it's it's a good way to sort of gauge what's going on. Generally speaking, the places that are priced appropriately, they're going to rent. And the ones that aren't, they just languish on the market until the landlord either lowers the price or or the listing agent loses the listing or gives up the listing and someone else takes it over. So that is the rental market in Coconut Grove. I hope you uh, enjoyed our podcast. I want to remind you, if you're not yet a subscriber to the Count of Vultures podcast, please go ahead and do so wherever you're listening to podcasts. If you like what we're doing, leave us a rating and comment. more ratings and comments we get, the more likely we are to go ahead and spread our message uh, and accomplish our goal, which is trying to bring straight talk to an overhyped uh, real estate market. And then finally, if you have any comments for us, for me, for anybody with Count of Vultures team, send an email to inquiry condovultures.com that's i-n-q-u-i-r-y at condovultures.com all the comments we receive we discuss during our reporters roundtable which airs every wednesday uh bring together current and former journalists talk about some of the biggest headlines that are going on in south florida that could be impacting real estate the real estate market so all that being said uh thanks for tuning in i'm peter zalewski until next time stay safe stay strong and we're going to catch up soon ciao ciao